Welcome to Molding Masculinity. I'm Tom, here with Philip, and this week I have watched thousands of hours of pornography preparing to be ready to do this episode. How about you, Philip? Um, as a red-blooded uh, male in America, I too have consumed uh, a uh, uncountably, uncountably infinite amount of uh, pornography. So... Uh, and I feel confident saying that as evidence shows that uh, so have all of you if you are a male in America and in fact the world. So let's talk about it since we all apparently watch it. Let's, uh, let's talk about it, see if it's a good thing, a bad thing. And we will almost certainly also be digging into beyond uh, its direct effects on the watchers and start talking about the production of it and um you know some ethical dilemmas associated with that so this will be uh definitely be a spicy one uh <laughs> yep and i mean like and, and we of course we enter this sort of joking because this is just a topic that has always brought up very uh, uh i think i think this is one of those many topics in our society that is almost always brought up very jokingly because we're all very uncomfortable talking about it and part of the universal human psyche is to joke about things that you are uncomfortable with mm -hmm. and uh and i think this definitely fits into that but i also think it's important to recognize that we are approaching this very seriously and this does is something that does it requires some seriousness and some actual thought and processing and some non-dogmatic view, uh, you know, you know, perspective on. Um, and and I hope that we're able to bring that to the table today. Yeah, I think I think the initial land here I, I like a lot because the idea here is like, okay, look, this is a this is a potentially very awkward topic, so we're just gonna go ahead and like just like body check directly through the awkwardness and just like dive right in and uh really start addressing uh the thing to let's just like ram straight into it to to just say like all right we've we've done that we've gotten through it here we go let's talk about it for real now that we've all had our laugh uh and and sort of broken the ice as it were so yeah and i and i feel like where this begins for almost all of us as um young masculine presenting folks is when we for myself and i, and I say you know, when i say this i have to say that i'm speaking for for myself is like you know i hit puberty and was trying to learn about certain things knew that certain things existed through certain mediums was trying to learn about it through those mediums and as such uh yeah that's like how i discovered everything and had this like immediately got even though i didn't go like i didn't have an extremely uh fundamentalist religious upbringing i immediately got it into my head that all of this was morally and ethically horrible and and, and i mean this very seriously when i was 13 every time there was a thunderstorm i thought god was punishing me oh yeah i mean i sympathize with that this is certainly an area in which um, a huge amount of us um, are victims of um, really unhealthy attitudes and approaches to this sort of thing, you know, and I think that comes with uh, 
you know, for all for for all the negative stuff that gets applied to the consumption of pornography, uh, of which there there are some things um, that can be negative about it. Um, a lot of the harm attributable to the watching of pornography is actually um, secondary harm in that, um, well, to put it in the words of a, um, uh, in the, I'll, I'll quote an article here by uh, David Ludden, who's a PhD in psychology, um, in an article he wrote for Psychology Today, um, there's plenty of evidence regarding the deleterious effects of repressed sexuality. I strongly suspect the guilt associated with illicit porn consumption does far more psychological harm than the recreational viewing of people having sex on the internet. And I, you know, I think that's an important thing to address here. First off is that like, you know, that, that rang really true to me and, and a lot of my early consumption of pornography in which like, you know, I have the same kind of thoughts of like, you know, just like massive guilt and, and self-shame and hatred and, uh, you know, fear of some sort of divine punishment and whatnot. Um, that, you know, as someone who's come sort of out of that, um, it, it's not, it sounds silly a little bit, saying it out loud in the, in the background, like, you know, like, oh, you watched some porn, you thought you're going to get hit by lightning. Like, it, yeah, okay. It sounds a little silly when you put it, you know, so bluntly. Um, but really, you know, it, a lifetime of, of, of guilt and shame and sexual repression and stuff like that um, does not set you up to have a healthy relationship of anything related to, to sex and sexuality. Uh, certainly not an aspect of it that is directly, um, you know, preached about as a dangerous uh, society-destroying force. Yeah, and I mean, and this is something to talk about more in our fatherhood fatherhood episode on this topic. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but I want to at least, uh, you know, you know, uh, bounce off the surface of it here and saying that this is something we often get wrong, I feel like, in parenting, of we want to trivialize these experiences that, uh, you know, kids are going through as they learn themselves and their bodies and, and literally anything going on in their lives of like, hey, this isn't, this isn't a big deal, you need to chill. Well, I mean, you know, for, you know, 13-year-old me, I wasn't worried about uh, the trade embargo on Cuba. That, that the big deal stuff in the world wasn't on my radar. Whether God was going to punish me for watching pornography was on my radar. Um, it, it's relative. It's all the every, you know, the whole world is relative. And, you know, it's it's still serious. Like it's it, that is a serious thing, especially when you're developing. And it's those early experiences that, you know, that 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 experience that we you know, that it is real easy to kind of joke and laugh about that shaped a lot of my early years and early sexual uh uh experiences was that same kind of that that shame that started there that wasn't given to me necessarily by anybody like i can't say that anybody you know told me i should feel that way i really can't place that but it happened and it began there and it ran all the way up into my early 20s yeah well and 
I don't, I've never, uh, this is a little bit of an aside, but just as a general rule, I despise the, um, um, I guess you might call it like oppression Olympics or like the idea of like, um, like um, trivializing someone's problems by, by pointing out a larger uh, problem. It's like, someone gets assaulted and you're like oh okay well that sucks but like you know thousands of children die in africa because of inefficient supply chains so maybe you should be uh um concerned about that and you're like okay you know what <laughs> like it, a lot of a lot of things like this i end up like sort of falling back to the big lebowski thing right like uh you're not wrong you're just an asshole yes um <laughs> like I, I guess it's true that that problem is more significant than me being assaulted, but like, you know, I get to be upset about that for a little bit, <laughs> you know, my mind does not be constantly in, in top priority. What is currently causing the me most measurable amount of harm at all times. Um, and I, I just like anyone who comes like that, I just like immediately assume they're coming from a bad faith position of, um, <clears throat> because almost always people that do that sort of thing are, um, using it to deflect away from um, criticism or things that they personally don't feel deserve any attention at all. Uh, getting down to the, to the matter at hand here uh, is, you know, um, whether it's from a pulpit or from, uh, you know, a think piece or a uh, uh, cable news special, or any number of the various media platforms that uh, we hear about um, pornography from and its effects. Um, we've, we, I think there's a lot of things that are just largely absorbed at the cultural level claims that have gone, that go largely unscrutinized by the uh, general population. Um, so I'm going to list off a few of these and you can tell me whether or not this is something that you have heard, at least whether or not you agree with it, uh, as an effect of watching porn, it makes men view women as sex objects rather than human beings. Yep. It causes men to devalue their partners because they compare them with the performers on screen. Mm hmm. It encourages men to seek out dangerous or socially unacceptable sexual acts. Yep. <laughs> it leads to sexual problems like erectile dysfunction and low libido. Yep. All right. So these are like four big claims that if you start looking at cultures around uh, pornography and masturbation that are like discussing its effects, um, usually taking and uh, especially if you're looking at the ones that are taking like an anti-approach, uh, these are constantly voiced, often uh, uh, treated as just known truths. So I took those and wanted to see, are they? Because I mean, if they are, if that's true, that that's a pretty strong indictment of the practice and um, means that we really should be concerned about the numbers, about how much men watch gender pornography. And we'll get into that specifically later. Um, so there have been a lot of studies around that. So um, I'm not sure how you wanna approach this, if you wanna go about it one by one, or if you wanna talk about like 
I any am, thoughts. I am itching to tackle the very first one. So I'm thinking let's yeah, let's go one by one and let's start off at that first one, which is uh to say that I I I'm and I'm of course I'm paraphrasing because I slept since uh the thirty seconds ago that you said it. Um <laughs> uh to say that, it, that, that pornography is what is responsible for men's behavior uh uh, uh aggressively and, and and predatorily towards women, which is exactly not what society needs more scapegoats for men not being accountable for their own actions it is a little bit as far as whether or not it you know makes men view women as sex objects that's a very difficult um it's a very difficult uh, thing to measure so scientifically speaking it's just not like there's a um uh a, a, like a, a sliding scale in everyone's brain that you can just like you know put an electrode in and get out oh you're a 35 out of a scale of 1 to 100 on objectifying women um so measuring it is involves a lot of like fuzzier sort of like finding things you can measure kind of around and seeing if you can get a picture of it so um research on that is contradictory um there is researchers from the University of Copenhagen and University of California in Los Angeles asked 200 adults about their porn consumption and assessed their personality in terms of agreeableness, which is one of the big five personality traits that indicates altruistic, helpful, trusting, and sociable sociability. I'm going to let you finish, uh, but I've got so much I'm going to tear into here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so that said, there's some things about that that already are worth commenting on, but um, first of all, I, I don't know, the, 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 just that saying this out loud sounds funny to me. After the participants watched porn in the lab, <laughs> researchers found that increased porn consumption was associated with negative attitude toward women, including stereotypes and hostility, but only in men who had low agreeableness. <laughs> so they were pieces of shit already. And yeah, so it's kind of like, okay, so the people that already thought women well, I mean, like, you know, we were already kind of predisposed to being kind of mean, uh, got meaner after watching porn. Uh, doesn't seem very conclusive to me. Yes. And I mean, OK, now now I have to I, I, I've got to spiral and I'm going to take a slightly off topic, but I'm going to bring us right back around. And this is probably going to be something you're going to see me hit on multiple times in the show, because my background is in psychology and mm -hmm. I loathe. <laughs> the field of psychology not that i think that it is it, like i am all about mental health i believe that people should seek out mental health uh you should you know the field of psychology is real the academic framework underpinning the field of psychology is an absolute foundation of swiss cheese um, and, and, and this study already shows so many of those uh, Swiss cheese holes within it. I mean, you know, part of this is that of, of, the, of the, the location being that this is a university study taking place on a university. I would almost bet money that these are university students and professors who are taking part as participants because almost every psychology study is a study of middle class 
white participants in a Western country who are currently enrolled in a college. So it's already this laser beam narrow group of people. And it's always a small group that you can then statistically like it gets you just exact, just exactly enough numbers that you can get a, a mostly reliable p-value and not actually like a lot of this stuff comes before we actually started talking about uh the power like like power values and study in statistics um and even that stuff is even when it does include that it's often so misleading and it's just far too low of numbers specifically because because i mean like here's the thing is if you really just broke this down to the math if this was a true random sample of a certain number of people in our population, it could become a very valid study. But when you're talking about it being such an extremely specific sample of population, you know that you're having all of these errors in your population. Your participants are middle class. They are privileged enough to be able to go to college. They are in a college. They are mostly white. And they are all in a Western society culture that dictates most of their views and, and perceptions of things it becomes so flawed. And then that's not even getting into just the issues with the study as we've already pointed out here of the fact that, yeah, like even the, the, the result you're getting is that, so the guys who walked into this room already having a shitty attitude, then were forced to sit down and watch some porn that gave the porn that like emphasized that shitty attitude. So they're all sitting there watching it and like, ah, okay. So this is the kind of stuff that we're like, we're all in agreement that this is like a thing that we can like say and talk about. Right? I mean, this is like if you if you invite an action movie fan over to your house, but they don't know if you're an action movie fan. But then you all sit down and watch like an Arnold movie. They're going to be way more open to talk about action movies with you because you just had a social cue that you're both into action movies like. I feel like that's much more of what's going on here. And then you can't even get into the, like, how do you, like, actually break down in so many of these issues? This is such, like so many issues in psychology. And to be fair, this isn't really the fault of the field of psychology. It's the fault that it is an extremely new science. I mean, not a new science, but like a young science. Then that this very simple, like, just that one question, that question alone of, like, does pornography cause men to objectify women? involves so many variables that mm -hmm. it necessitates decades of study from multiple angles and then peer review of those studies which is a thing that almost universally does not happen in psychology today because nobody will fund peer review studies so i would almost bet money that this study is not peer reviewed it has not been rep i mean i guess peer reviewed isn't actually the word i'm looking for here replicatability that's uh, that's what i'm trying yeah. to say not peer review it's it's not been replicated mm -hmm. nobody's replicated this study um and that's not a, i'm not attacking this particular study it's to say oh, that sure. like or, or, there, there was a replication crisis within psychology right now and these kind of studies are forced to be taken with a grain of salt because of that sorry that, that was... we will we will be coming back to that and that's no i mean that's a very important perspective uh because um the replicatability is a pattern we will see in 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 other claims in this um something that jumped out at me about this was um <clears throat> sociologists have this um um this thing called the hawthorne effect um, which is essentially the idea that people change their behavior when they know they're being observed, which 
I, I just like they watched porn in a lab. You know what I mean? No one watches porn like that. And and I've like, actually that's I've actually, so weird and awkward. I I've done this. So I took a human sexuality class in college. And the very last, like, it was the last project we had to do in the class. We all watched porn together. Like, the whole class, we all went in and we watched a porn together. And, yeah, I can 100% from personal experience confirm it was not like normal experiences watching porn. It was, I mean, I don't know, it wasn't as awkward as you would maybe think. Because, like, we all knew what we signed. We all knew what we were in the class, like, going to do. But, I mean, you know, like, it was... The motivation for watching it was most certainly not the same and would, you know, like, uh, you know, I'm not going to dive down into the obviousness of that. But, uh, and the, yeah, what we were, you know, we were watching it in very different eyes. And yeah, we had this really useful discussion of it afterwards. And we actually had a very valid and fruitful discussion, but it, it was in absolutely no way rep, like, it was no way representative of typical porn watching experiences. Right. So when like when the thing that you're measuring is what effect does this have on your brain? Like the environment being so different has to be like a confounding variable there that means that that just to me would would seem like it ruins the the measurability of the thing in the first place. Um, so suffice it to say, as far as I could tell, that was one of the most clear and that one we can already point out with you know, what we know uh, has difficult, has problems. Uh, <clears throat> not to mention, I've heard plenty of criticisms of uh, the big five personality trait stuff. Oh, yeah. As I, well. I, I skipped over that. I have like, I've, oh, I'm, I'm not going to dive into my rant about personality traits, but I don't like pop psychology's way of personality the psychology of personality is mostly grift it's yeah are you a are you a bqsr or a <laughs> intjz i mean uh, and i think there's some we can classify people into 16 categories it's... i you know i think there's some like like anything yeah you can it's it's a useful tool for introspection but it is not a law sure. for and it is most certainly <laughs> not something that should be a foundation to a study um Sure. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't mind like, you know, your, your Buzzfeed quiz or your Myers-Briggs or whatever, like that's like for fun. Uh, and I, I don't mind it as like, a, like you said, a tool for introspection. It's when people start being like prescriptive about it, like, mm -hmm. uh, like, oh, you must be a like yeah, this that, because you're so uptight or whatever. It's like, no, this is just a way for you to be passive aggressive, Stephanie. And now before we dive down that whole, yeah, because we need to move on from the, the, that, but yeah. I do want to hit on this topic once more. And this is going to be something I'm again going to hit on, on a lot of things we're going to be talking about today. But there is, I think, I personally believe, I don't have data back to back this up, but I do believe that there is a lot of validity to an idea that watching porn with problematic elements is certainly not great for fostering your future behaviors. And this mm. falls into something that is generally kind of understood with a lot of human behavior from a lot of different angles and uh, different dogmas. And that is the idea that like, if you want to act like a better person, you need to start thinking like a better person. And a lot of porn 
has some bad topics to it that pushes us into bad thoughts that are like lead to problematic behaviors. So, so what I'm saying is like if you're watching porn that actively treats women like objects, like that th that's the storyline, that's the plot, that's the intention. You know, and then you're fantasizing about treating women like objects, there is a higher than there there is a higher likelihood of yeah, you entering the world and treating women like objects. That's not a problem with porn, that's a problem with the type of porn you're seeking out. Yeah. Uh, and for, for uh, the last thing I'll say about this, uh, I went ahead and looked it up because I was curious. Uh, the 200 adults from the study that we mentioned earlier uh, were aged 18 to 30. Um, so I suspect that you were right that it is largely yeah. a bunch of college students who need some extra credit because I remember participating in some of those studies. For my psychology, uh, 1,000 level psych intro to psychology course, uh, I can't even fully remember what I did in them anymore. I used to know. Uh, all right, so let's let's talk about the next one. So it causes men to devalue their partners because they compare them with the women they see on screen. And this is an interesting one because um, it's kind of almost a corollary with the first one. Um, but a little bit different. It's more about the quality of the relationship and the satisfaction of the relationship. I don't know if you want to say anything on that first or um, if you I, right I, into some of the stuff I found. I think one thing that is important to, because I mean, this is something, I think this touches on something that is often a big question involving pornography that a lot of folks have that I think is very valid. And, and I do think it's important to note that consent is important in every relationship and that does not that doesn't you know that doesn't stop just at like you know consent to having sex this involves consent of a lot of other things that are going on in your life and one of those things needs to be um consent to whether or not uh you're going to have other partners also consent as to whether or not you're both going to engage in you know pornography and things like that this needs to be something that you kind of talk about with your partner uh watching i think I think there is definitely some problems involved. Like, and, and I mean, like, like it can cause a relationship to fall apart if you're watching porn and your partner doesn't know about it. And even if that's the case, if your partner knows about it and is super okay with it and all is cool with it, if you're watching porn and it starts negatively, maladaptively affecting your real-life relationship, you need to have that conversation with your partner. You need to have some conversations with your partner. You need to have some introspection with yourself and you need to like, that's something you got to work out. I definitely like, I'm like, I'm, what I'm trying to do is like, what I'm trying to say here is that like, in no, no matter what we say here, if you're watching porn and you're seeing a mallet, like if you're seeing a like, oh wow, my relate, my real relationship is falling apart and I'm watching a whole lot of porn right now not saying that one is even connected to the other, but you maybe need to have like, there, there's some conversations that need to be. Yeah. Happening. Have the conversation because that, that brings up an important point actually that we, that uh, I meant to bring up before we got into even the first one, but is, you know, um, still really important to keep in mind. A lot of these things are going to be de demonstrating correlative relationships two things that are correlated with each other. Now, when you talk about correlation, every, everyone's probably heard the meme, correlation is not equal causation. Okay, sure, we know that. 
I, I won't bother, bother you by repeating it ad nauseum. Okay, but what people often don't talk about is what that means as, and when you're interpreting what it like what it says people kind of say it as like a magic wand to make themselves more rational and then uh go ahead and assume that those two things are causally related okay but specifically when you have a correlation there are three major categories of possibility um or i should say there are four one is uh the obvious one they're not related at all. They just happen to match patterns. And you can find spurry. There's an entire website dedicated to showing strangely spurry, uh, strangely correlated things that uh, how obviously no relation to each other. Number of pigeons versus you know school grades or something like that. You know, uh, so option one is that they're unrelated and it's a coincidence. Option two is that A causes B. So uh, in our case, you know, if if you measure and see that watching porn has a negative effect on your relationship. It could be that watching porn causes you to be less satisfied in your relationship. It could also be that B causes A. It could be that if you're in an unsatisfying relationship, people use porn as an outlet for their lack of satisfaction. The fourth option is the third variable possibility, which is to say that both of those things, both the dissatisfaction and the porn watching are related to a third variable that was not measured, that they share a cause and they are both an effect. So those are, those are when you're looking at correlative relationships, that's important. And we're going to be talking about a lot of correlative relationships here. So some of the fuzziness here is going to come from the fact that it's very, very hard to pin down a cause in something as multifaceted as uh, a, first of all, a single human psyche, much less the relationship between two of them. Yes. <laughs> so that having been said, here's what some of the, the stuff that I was able to find on relationships says. So there was a hugely influential study from 1989 by Douglas Kenrick um, <clears throat> that um, found that men lose interest in their partners from watching pornography. However, coming back to the theme of replicability and the difficulty that psychology has had with that in particular, um, there um, was a PhD student in the University of Western Ontario, uh, Rhonda Balzarini, if I'm pronouncing that right, who carried out similar trials using 10 times as many participants uh, as the original study. Uh, 150 heterosexual females, 400 heterosexual males over three separate studies that disputed the findings and found no difference in how much men and women reported that they loved or were attracted to their partners after being shown pornography. Now, there is some difference in environment here. Uh, the pornography environment in 1989 is very different from the pornography environment of modern era and the internet. Um, and, and, you know, the researcher uh, says that, you know, that can have an effect, obviously. Um, but suffice it to say, there's some, um, 
you know, there, there's a lot of these early studies that have shown some of these effects that have been taken for granted for quite a while without a whole, a great deal of replicatability. And uh, having done some research into the history of psychology and whatnot uh, as a point of um, interest for me, you know, I've seen this happen in, in several different times in psychology's history of <laughs> things that were done once had a really interesting, shocking result and were taken as foundational only to find out that if you try it again and again and again and again and again, it just doesn't show up like that. And this is actually not a good result. Um, and so uh, it, it's ringing like that to me. I, not being an expert in the field of psychology, I can't say, you know, I don't have the expertise to just stand up and straight up say, you know, this is not true. Um, but as much as I can tell that as a layman, uh, it sure does seem like, as far as the evidence is concerned, um, there is no clear indicator that watching porn has uh, an effect on your attitude toward your partner in any sort of like direct, obvious way. Yeah, and I and I think an obvious an, an obvious thing to pull from this too, though, is. A simple thing that we all have a limited supply of time and energy on our hands. And when you start having a relationship with a human being and starting a family, it becomes a balance of that time and energy that is on your hands and where you're going to spend it and with whom you're going to spend it. And and especially when we're looking at like 1989 and that, and that difference of porn environment, you know, when, when you want to watch porn in 1989 and maybe have a diverse collection of porn and really have like, you know, you're into porn in 1989, this requires a whole hobby of going and seeking it out and purchasing it or ordering it online or not online, uh, but ordering over the phone, like phone catalog kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it's a hobby. It's a thing you had to seek out. You had to have uh, probably your own VCR and your own TV. You had to make sure nobody was home when you were wanting to watch it. You had to hide all these tapes. You had to put time, energy, and resources into doing this in 1989. Um, energy you don't have to put into it today. And yeah, if you're you take literally any hobby or thing that you are doing. If you are baking, if you are painting cars, if you are uh, buying clothes, if you are literally any hobby you do, and it in becomes a time sink, an investment of time away from your partner, you're going to see some issues develop with, you know, having some uh, some separations and divisions within your relationship not spending as much time with your partner as you would like this is something that we all like we all have it happen in our relationships um the modern world makes it perhaps a little bit easier where you know within 30 seconds you can uh find uh some unique porn that you haven't seen before on the on the internet uh it you know, but that that isn't to say that it doesn't still become an issue for a lot of people. It still can be something that becomes a something that you sink a huge chunk of your day and time into. And if you sink your day and time into something that is not your partner, yeah, that, that that's it's it's just a balance of time and energy there. And this isn't I think this is much less an indictment of porn and, and much more an obvious observation of how time works. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and, you know, another very important feature in, in a romantic relationship is your sexual life, um, your sex life. So 
uh, you know, and, and it seems like the most obvious place where some of that might arise. Um, so then there's then there's the question that can be more specifically examinable of are men who watch more porn set you know less satisfied with their sex lives um and again the all basically all the research here is very fuzzy and inconclusive there is some evidence suggesting that men who watch more porn were, are less satisfied with their sex life um but interestingly the opposite is true for women when women who watch more porn are more satisfied with their sex life so that's kind of interesting. I mean, I have uh, some I have some theories, but yeah, there is one there's one more <laughs> confounding thing here that makes this even more strange. Another study found that those who watched porn with their partners f reported feeling more dedicated and sexually satisfied compared to watching it alone. And I'm I'm glad we so had that. there is there is uh there's a lot of really interesting things here uh that really hit on uh a lot of different aspects of of this um that really make it to me being like i look at that and say like okay to me porn doesn't seem to be the problem here um i'm guessing that the men who watch more porn and are less satisfied with their sex lives are likely less satisfied for either bad reasons or uh like wanting to do things that are not consensual or whatever uh or you know they're people that are already dissatisfied attempting to compensate in in ways that are maybe less than healthy yeah and i mean and i think it's it's not without mentioning that and this is something that has came up before in the podcast that there is a lack of teaching there is a lack of education there's a lot of men don't know where the clitoris is and we live in a world of information um when you happen to be watching porn with your partner there's a better chance of becoming educated in a way that makes you feel safe and comfortable and not you know you're not being told uh hey how about you do this thing and you feel like you did something wrong you're watching something happening and somebody's doing something and they're saying your partner is saying hey could you try that with me and it kind of breaks down that barrier that's and that's purely a speculative statement on my behalf um also i think there's a lot to be said for the fact that sexual our sexual lives aren't a singular moment within our life and what i mean by this is that like your sex life with your partner isn't that x number of minutes out of your day that you spend having sex your sex life is all of the time in your day that leads up to that point and follows that point um mm -hmm. you know you're not going to get any at night if the stage wasn't set throughout the day where you both felt in the mood and like that was something you wanted to do um if you both were stressed out not really checked into each other and uh like that's just not the energy in the air it's not going to happen and if you are doing something in your life that perpetuates uh that kind of an energy in the room it's not going to happen uh which kind of falls again into the like you know time and resources but that, those yeah, are kind of I, my two takes and i think like you know there's uh, man like there's a whole conversation to be had that's probably more its own episode of like what like how do you balance like uh, a healthy sexual relationship especially like um you know 
something that that I think is very very common is you know uh, you know not not perfectly synced libidos or whatever like some you know almost every relationship someone has a either slightly or significantly higher libido than the other um, and that you know how to handle that and how to get people's needs met without you know putting people in an awkward consensual situation um, is a whole conversation unto itself but um fundamentally uh the thing that has always baffled me about the the men who are really upset that they can't replicate what they see in pornography is a lot of like in, in in the times in which like like i've talked to people and either either done myself or talked to people who have attempted to replicate something that they've seen on screen on a screen is that honestly there's way more hype than there is reality to it um uh, i see um not not something to get too graphic here but uh you know like uh <clears throat> anal play uh anal sex and, and things in that nature uh i know quite a few people who are adventurous i personally haven't but you know try tried it and have reported to me that like actually they don't really see what all the hype was about it was mostly uncomfortable difficult and uh once they finally got it going it wasn't really notably better now that's not everyone's experience and people have uh, all kinds of opinions like like there's all kinds of fetishes that i just don't understand and i won't really scratch my itch right that's fine some people like that if you like that go for it as long as you know it's consensual and all that good stuff but like uh i feel like a lot of the times when the motivation is i saw this on a screen and i want to replicate it you're gonna find that like largely there are a lot of things that are visually appealing on a screen but physically are honestly hard <laughs> like they're exhaustive exhausting or like hard to get into the a, a good position or like only work if um you know you have uh egregiously large penis or you know like something something uh like in that realm that that it just like doesn't translate and like really you end up going like actually that wasn't that cool especially when your partner's not into it yeah and i think this is something very important for especially younger listeners who maybe haven't had a whole lot of sexual experience is to understand that in in this and, and i don't this isn't purely for them this is also older listeners who have had lots of sexual experience but still have this kind of you know, lodged in your brain um porn is an industry and the things that you see in pornography are not chosen because they feel great most of the things you see in pornography are chosen because they elicit a response in the viewer they are aesthetically appealing visually appealing provides angles that uh make you know that work on camera that are functional to do in a studio that are uh you know these you know all of these elements wrap into it much more than well the the actors enjoy doing this like that's not usually what it's about and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try things that you see it's 
fine to explore. It's you know, it, you know, adventure is a good thing, but yeah, definitely don't take everything you see on screen as a like, a, 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 as how it works and how you should learn to do things. Like, um, that's not how you learn healthy. Or not healthy. I, I shouldn't say healthy isn't the right word, but that's not how you learn satisfying sexual experiences. You learn satisfying sexual experiences by having satisfying sexual experiences, not by watching industrial sexual experiences. Yeah, it's. I think it's fine to take inspiration from things that you see and things that you want to try, especially if you have reason to believe that those would be fun. Uh, but you know, you, you always have to keep in mind what your what cost you're paying. And, you know, like, it's not like a, you know, like, uh, if you've ever got like done anything, like if you've ever, like, if, you, if you've been married to a person, for example, for a long period of time, you've done a ton of activities with them. It is incredibly obvious when you do an activity that you both want to do versus when you do an activity that one of you wants to do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and like, not just in sex and anything like, like going mini golfing or like going to watch a particular movie or going to a particular restaurant like <laughs> it's it gets really obvious when you're doing something that only one person wants to do and the same thing is true of sex there is marked difference in the times where you're having sex with someone and they're really into it versus they're meh about it uh and you know i just like the meh isn't generally all that fun, to be honest. It's it's largely exercise. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just like I don't know how to what what else to say about it other than just like there's not a whole lot of like um I guess oh I guess what the thing I was really gonna say related to this was also related to specifically a lot of the things that you see on screen like you say it's, it's done to generate a response and especially as porn has become more prevalent generating that response often involves novelty and it involves um culturally related things so for example you know things that are sort of culturally seen as almost um boring at this point um you know like uh, oral sex or anal sex a lot of these ones that like are just almost kind of like like it, it, if if uh if you went up to random people on the street and said like people engage in this they wouldn't go like oh they would be like oh yeah everyone knows that some people do that who cares um you know once a type of sex like that becomes boring uh, or normal, then the bar for it generating that sort of like <gasps> shocking, illicit, you know, response is higher or different at the very least. And and you actually can see this trend moving around a little bit if you pay attention to like what kinds of porn have been being produced. For example, like um, more aggressive porn or uh one one trend that's somewhat more modern has been like the prevalence of um step sibling porn like these things that are clearly attempting to generate a little bit of shock value 
in their production that makes it obvious that like what's happening here is that there's a little bit of like a a rush of like oh we're doing something we're not supposed to be doing you know uh that is associated with that and you know i a little bit of voyeurism uh can be well i don't know have the expertise to really say whether or not that's good or bad it's more just uh like i i think you have to realize that there are lines that you shouldn't cross um and there's a big difference between having a consensual relationship in which like you pretend to be doing something non-consensual or you do like some sort of something more kinky or violent um with consent versus doing something violent to your partner without consent which is just assault mm-hmm. um you know there there there's a very fine line between those things and a very big difference <laughs> Um, so you, you need to make sure if you're going to come up on that line that you are, you have very clearly communicated because the line between, I thought we were just being kinky and you sexually assaulted me is thin and it's not thin because like, oh, you know, all these sensitive people it's thin because it's, it is just thin. You're doing something that's on the edge of, you know, like the difference between pretending to do a harmful thing and doing a harmful thing is not that far <laughs> it just isn't and so like you need to make sure that everyone's on board with this if you're going to do something like that yeah yeah and i mean and in, 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 yeah and in, in, you know um keeping to the realm of uh, well before i derail too further uh because i do yeah. have some more i kind of want to say uh do we still have another was there one more? i think that, that there was were three. two more yeah there's uh, the well, we're kind of talking about the third one already, to be fair. The encouraging men to seek out dangerous or socially unacceptable sexual acts. Yeah, yeah. I think we've kind of covered that through there. So what's our what's our last, uh, what's our drum roll last thing? I don't remember now. Uh, sexual problems like erectile dysfunction and low libido. Yes, this is actually a good one to talk about too. And I feel like there's probably at least a little bit of of physiological evidence in one direction or the other. Um I, I, you know, yeah, this is a thing that I've uh, encountered many men saying, uh, many men feeling about themselves, uh, as I've discussed in a previous episode, like a lot of ED, a lot of data shows that a lot of ED is psychological. And I think I'm curious to see what this says, because I feel like it lends more to the psychological of how you're telling yourself that you're not able to versus physiological symptoms. But so first of all, let let's talk about this from the from a top level perspective because we've already talked about the the stereotype of men being uh, uh, horny all the time, and it's interesting that they talk about um, pornography having such a deleterious effect on your libido uh, when the numbers are like this: ninety seven percent of uh, make sure. It's, it's uh yeah men 97% of men have viewed pornography at some time in their lives 94% had viewed it in the last six months 82% self-reported regular being regular viewings with the average frequency being three to four times per week 
at an average session of 15 to 30 minutes. So uh, the average age of first use was 13 and regular use uh, was seen commonly around 16 or 17 years old. So we have this sort of like tension here of like men are horny all the time and uh, men also constantly view pornography almost as an entire population and uh, pornography causes low libido, which are, which cannot be true all at the same time. Yeah. So first of all, but they can be all wrong, which is, I think, um, what the case is here. Um, but um, let me see if I can find the, the number related to... Um, and I mean, while you look that up, like I, I went ahead on a couple of things. Uh, one is like purely, and, and I think the one thing I want to hit on is just uh, my own personal experience of men of in my own friend group who have self-reported in this way. And I feel like it's often a almost a 50-50 situation. It's men who I have known are very sexual active, sexually active. And I don't just mean that they brag a lot. I mean, like, I know, you know, you know, we all, we, you know, we all have friends who, uh, get around a lot and we all know about it. And yeah. And they, you know, we, when topics of porn have came up, it's, because I'm a very sec, like I wouldn't say sexually open, but I just, I talk about anything with anybody. That's why I do podcasts. Um, but you know, so when this topic has came up, uh, it's often kind of a, like, I don't really know what to say about that. I, I really don't have time to watch porn and I believe it. Like, um, there have also, and my point in saying this is there's a divorce, diversity across the board. There are men who are super uncomfortable with talking about it or with doing it, and you have no idea whether or not they watch porn or not. And I think that's probably, again, a, probably a 50-50 split. Some of them, that's just not something inside their comfort wheelhouse, and some of them it is. And uh, then there's also a lot of men who... Dad, that's just part of life. That's just part of like you know when you're not in a relationship. Uh, there are physiological. When I say this, I don't mean to say like we physiologically have to have sex or else we're not healthy. That is not true. But there are physiological like you know we we need uh, a, a lot of men and not all masculine presenting people, but in some masculine presenting people, there is a continue. You know, there's a drive to like. I need some kind of release and uh, you know, it's, it's just part of how our physiology works and that's we have, okay. We've mentioned it before that testosterone is a hell of a hormone mm -hmm. and it is again, something that we will almost certainly be talking about in the future thing. Cause there's all kinds of like weird myths and cultural beliefs about testosterone that are uh, sometimes funny and sometimes uh, very dangerous. Um, uh, but that certainly deserves its own episode. Uh, but um, so talking specifically about whether or not it causes erectile dysfunction, suffice it to say, um, erectile dysfunction is often blamed on sort of desensitization. You see all this like, you know, evocative sexual imagery of like, you know, perfectly chiseled people or airbrushed and all this stuff and you know you can't get it up anymore but uh there's essentially a complete lack of research to support this claim uh in fact the the little that has been done uh researchers from ucla and concordia university found that men who watched the most porn reported feeling more sexual arousal uh the little data that exists points to uh 
consumption of porn being uh, a um, what's the word um, like um, non-factor? No, like uh, the, oh, the a, a other thing, direction. Yeah, the other direction, uh, mm. like clams or whatever. Uh, oh, I forget what the uh, the word is for it, but yeah, it, it enhances your ready to go aphrodisiac aphrodisiac there yeah. we go thank you ah oh, that was gonna bother me so much okay yes uh it, it is unsurprisingly an aphrodisiac uh, with the little evidence that we have um as far as um libido um similarly there's very little data but the data that exists um, again, shows a completely counter uh, narrative of um, people that watch porn more often, it should not surprise anyone, uh, do not have problems with libido. <laughs> um, and in fact, uh, are more likely to have a higher libido. Um, that one seems almost like a given. Like, it seems, it seems weird. This claim has always seemed weird to me because it's like, okay, well, I, it's supposed to make me have a lower libido, but then why am I watching the porn? Well, and, and yeah, I, I agree. And I think there's something else too, though, that we're, I think, you know, when we have kind of carefully sidestepped around this and combined the idea of pornography and masturbation, uh, that's definitely been something we've been combining in this episode and talking yeah. about. And I think this study is failing to combine that. Um, if you are putting a bunch of people in a, you know, like, and, and again, I don't know the methodology of this study, but I mean, if you have a bunch of people watching porn, but they're not masturbating, yeah, they're going to have higher libidos and be like down yeah, to do yeah, yeah. stuff. Um, that's, and I mean, you know, and yeah, and then if you're masturbating eight times a day, you're probably really not going to be in the mood for uh, sexual relations with your partner. That's, you know, um, not to say that maybe you won't be. I mean, like, I, you know, again, libidos are an individual thing and some people are, uh, you know, such and so forth. Uh, and then, and I think that's also kind of where desensitization, if it, in, if it does come into the scene as a physiological thing, it's, yeah, if you are, you know, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're uh, going, if, you, if you're making yourself raw eight times a day, yeah, your problem, you know, maybe you're going to have some issues with that, but it's not, the porn isn't the thing that's doing that. Uh, don't blame the wrong thing. Like, yeah. Uh, so uh, to me, I look at all of this um, and, you know, there, there's this kind of question that you want to step back and say, okay, we've been, we've talked about a lot of studies. We've talked about a lot of potential, you know, uh, harms or um, areas of, um, you know, conflict or whatever the the you know at the end of the day i think like what you want to know is like is it bad to um is it is it harmful for me to watch porn um and evidence wise you know it's like i i think like there's no clear evidence that it's like very obviously harmful um, there is some evidence that it can be associated with harms, harmful situations that might indicate to you, are you watching porn a lot? Like, you should be reflective of why. Because what, what I'll say about porn is what I think 
fundamentally this and this is my personal opinion i've been trying to talk a lot about the data and the science but like my personal opinion is porn is like any other media it is at the end of the day a thing that you watch for a purpose for entertainment of a kind uh and fundamentally just like lord of the rings is a fantasy movie about dragons and wizards and stuff and we all walk home at the end of the day going that would be neat but there's no dragons and magic in real life it's a interesting way to tell a story porn is the same way it is a fantasy if you can watch it with the understanding that it's made up it's angles and lighting and acting and all of that and go this shouldn't be reflective of real life. I'm just watching something that's visually very stimulating for a purpose and, you know, moving on, not expecting my life to be reflective of that thing. I think that you probably have the right healthy attitude to consume it safely. That said, if it's all the time, just like if you were watching a, a particular kind of movie all the time, and getting frustrated that you didn't have magic powers or whatever, if you're getting frustrated that you're not able to replicate what you see on the screen, like I think that's an indication that you might be unhappy for another reason and that you should be reflective of why you're, what, you, what gap you are trying to fill with this media. Because I think that's fundamentally it. If, if, if you are using pornography or any media for that matter, to fill a gap in your life that it cannot fill, you will be unhappy for it. If you just are using it to have a fun thing to watch so that you can get the job done and uh, you know move on, then I think that the evidence is pretty clear that you're probably not hurting yourself and that you shouldn't feel guilty about it and that it's incredibly commonplace very normal and not harmful. Agreed. And I, I think the last few remarks I really kind of want to make is that we haven't really talked a whole lot about the ethics of the making of porn. And that's because that is its own whole subject with a lot of issues, uh, including the, uh, the the ethical consumption of anything. Um, and, and I think that you are anybody who is concerned about that is very valid in their concern of that. I think yeah. uh, I, I definitely want to leave on a note that sex work, uh, both in pornography, in uh, 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 dance and in, 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 in all umbrella of sex work uh, is all very valid work. It is one of the oldest institutions on Earth. Uh, all of this is like we're we're humans. We. We eat, we drink, we have sex, we recreate, we do these things. This is all part of society. Um, that's like, yeah, work is work. Sex work is work. Um, but in, uh, you know, and I, but, you know, those two things do that, that butts heads for a lot of folks. You, you, you want to, uh, the ethics of the matter does the ethics of the situation does matter to a lot of folks and it's very valid for that to matter um one option i would recommend for a lot of folks is to consider um purely creative based uh pornographic media which is to say things that are hand drawn 
and also written. Uh, erotica is uh, something that a lot of folks really enjoy because you get a more story-based medium. You often get a lot more healthy, uh, you know, plot-dense kind of things going on. There's actually talking about human relationships and then diving into that. Uh, even if you think, you know, you may hear erotica and think, oh, well, that's just romance novels that are like, you know, uh, not that don't work for me. Uh, I yeah. promise you, whatever if, whatever kind of literature you like to read, there is erotica of it. Um, oh, yeah. Like, as wide as the visual filmed media of pornography is, the expansive erotica is just as wide. I worked uh, for a digital publishing company who <laughs> uh, did self, for self-published authors. I assure you, there is nothing <laughs> under the sun that has not been considered. I have seen a sex novel about someone who found a sentient strawberry. <laughs> like it's everything. Okay. And I mean it, it's, it's like literally things that you think there has to be like two people in the entire world that have this fetish, like, and someone has written a book about it. You can just look up the collected works of Chuck Tingle. And I promise <laughs> you, you will find out that like, there, like, there is literally a Chuck Tingle book about having sex with another Chuck Tingle book. So, like, <laughs> there's everything. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and Chuck Tingle like isn't kind of intentionally trying to make a meme of himself with it. But, yeah, but it, but I mean, like, you're also the book's like, there. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is a with real book. <laughs> erotic stuff in it. It's not just like. Um, uh, but it's not just like 28 pages of LOL, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, but I mean like, you know, seriously though, like if you're into science fiction, there is really good science. I have, you know what? Some of the, some of the better science fiction I've read in the past has been erotic science fiction that uh, was, you know, you enter it thinking, oh, yeah, this is just going to be a quick read for a specific purpose. And then you're like, God damn it. I want to know more about these characters. Um, and that's, <laughs> uh, that's, you know, that, that is a thing that does exist out in the world. And I really do for folks who are concerned about the ethics of, uh, of pornography, uh, you're valid in con being concerned about that. Um, yeah. and I just kind of wanted to put that out there that there are routes you can go where you're hopefully contributing to less exploitative practices. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think we both agree that like, a lot of mainstream pornography has huge problems. Uh, and I think that if you just do some cursory research on the internet, you will find plenty of testimonies of previous people who have been in that industry who will tell you some of the horrors um, mm -hmm. and ways in which that reinforces really negative things. Uh, we touched on it a little bit in our um uh, in a previous episode uh, related to body image with uh, men and their penis size uh, and how like some of the sizing that appears in pornography is artificial uh, in a really horrifying way. Um, it's not all just angles, um, but um, not, not just that, but like, um, you know, like sometimes the consent is a little bit, fuzzy depending on the company uh and uh age is not always you know correctly verified and like so uh you know i would say you know there that honestly the porn industry also probably deserves its own uh episode but yeah you know try your best i would say to um be as ethical as one can in consuming anything in modern society. 
uh, I think the good place has a really good take on that about how uh, every decision is actually 50 decisions and you're kind of uh, screwed no matter what you do if you're trying to make uh, you know be perfectly ethical. Um, that said, uh, I do think that at least making an attempt at uh, supporting um, uh, porn and parts of the porn industry that um, at least attempt to solve some of these ethical problems is a step in the right direction. So if you can do that, but just know that no matter what you end up doing, um, you're not going to have erectile dysfunction because you watch porn. You're going to have erectile dysfunction because you have some other psychological hangup, probably related to negative attitudes and guilt that you give yourself about watching porn. Yeah. And there's nothing, <laughs> and, and, I mean, like there's, there's nothing wrong with recognizing that and doing something about it. It's just like any other, you know, uh, a, a maladaptive thing about your body. It's just like realizing that the way you've been picking up boxes is wrong and now you've thrown your back out and maybe you need to rethink about how you're picking up boxes. It's no different than that. It's it's no different than not wearing a hard hat into the work site every day and then getting bonked on the head, having a concussion and being like, ah, shit, that was stupid. I need to start wearing a hard hat. It's yeah it, it's yeah uh any last words before we uh wrap this one up uh i'll i'll do our uh our our uh, obligatory plug here of uh we now have a podcast facebook page so if you like uh this uh come give us a follow on there uh and uh engage with us on there and uh that would be appreciated because we'd like to hear what you think and, and hear your thoughts on the topics that we've discussed, um, any of them. So um, go check that out, Molding Masculinity on uh, Facebook. It's facebook.com slash molding mask. It's M-A-S-C as the last part there. So uh, yeah, come check us out. It'll we'll we'll try to uh, respond to any uh, people that come on to, to chat about stuff yep 100% we're also on YouTube now uh, I've only oh. got at the uh, release of this video uh, release of this podcast hopefully we'll have two uh, uh, videos on YouTube assuming this one doesn't immediately get taken down because of topic <laughs> um but uh it'll yeah we very it'll i guarantee you to be demonetized <laughs> oh yes <laughs> i may manually demonetize this one just to dodge some some problems um yeah probably a good idea <laughs> um we're a long way from monetization anyways but yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you would like to come check us out over there feel free uh it's also molding masculinity on uh youtube um and yeah thanks for following us thanks for joining us for this talk today uh we'll see you next week and uh yeah have a wonderful day morning evening or afternoon or whatever time it may be thanks <laughs>